It's the lens, it's the lens, it's the lens, gotta live diverse. It's the lens, it's the lens, it's the lens, live diverse. You are listening to The Lens Living Diverse, a podcast brought to you by the CNIB Advocacy Team. Join Nisha, Vivi, and I as we speak to individuals with intersecting identities who live with sight loss as they share their unique stories. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Lens Living Diverse podcast. I'm your host for today, Nisha. We decided to give Ben a little break this time around. In a previous episode, we talked a lot about toxic femininity. But something we didn't tackle was toxic femininity in the workplace. Now that we're starting to see a rise of people with sight loss working in the community, also diversity, equity, and inclusion has really started to be at the forefront of many organizations hiring practice. We felt that this would be a good topic to dive deeper into. So welcome back to continue the conversation with me is Vivi and Kia. Thanks for having us. Happy to be back. Great. And for those who did not hear our last conversation, you should go back and listen to it. But quickly, can you both um, reintroduce yourselves to to the audience? I'll start with you, Vivi. I'm Vivi. I am situated in Manitoba, Treaty 1 territory. I'm a little prairie flower. And I am now also a co-host of The Lens and very excited to be here. Hi, my name is Kia, residing in the GTA, and I am a Black woman from Caribbean descent with sight loss and happy to be part of the show. So we're going to dive into our very first question for this episode. Um, Kia, I'll start with you. In the workplace, do you fear that if you adhere to toxic femininity you may be rewarded and those who don't may not go as far good question um so i'm i may expand on two things when it comes to well one of them being the toxic femininity and also being a female black woman um i want to bring up the hair conversation because that has been something especially in the workplace Um, I've had times where I felt insecure so for those who know me um, so my hair is natural I have thick curly hair Um, since working where I work now I've always been a chameleon with always changing my hair which is you know my creative joy and you know and and embracing my my blackness Um, I remember some workplaces uh, I would hear comments on, oh, you know, you look so much prettier when your hair is straight. Mm-hmm. Um, where, so what do you, what are you implying? Because I'm, you know, my natural hair is my essence. It's who I am. I'm proud of my hair. Yes, it's not really when it's hot and it's, uh, or it gets wet, the conditions aren't the best. But <laughs> that being said, I, I mean, I, it's took me, it's taken me a long time. I shouldn't say a long time, but to really embrace my naturalness because that's who I am. I mean, but growing up in, you know, as a Canadian and even, you know, I've had the experience from, you know, I remember 
my father, you know, that's a person who was important to me, but he always say, oh, you know, you always must have your hair a certain way. And he was always, a, um, I shouldn't say an advocate, but he was, he was always, no, I shouldn't say advocate. That's the wrong word. So my apologies. Um, he would always be critical of how I wore my hair where, yeah. you know, wearing it natural. Oh, you don't look professional. You're, you're not going to, you're not going to fit into the workplace, the society. They're going to, you're going to be shunned. So those were the types of um, the words or the behaviors. There was, it was quite negative. I mean, it's from, I know it's from a place, you know, he's very old, you know, he's passed on, but he was very old school in his thinking where, you know, especially from a colonial standpoint, you have to look as Eurocentric and f abide by Eurocentric beauty. So even in the workplace, mm. I've had comments, oh, you look so much prettier with your hair straight. Like, oh, well, why don't you straighten your hair? You know, that might be more um, conducive to the culture. And, then, yeah. you know, it made me think, well, what do you mean? Because I am by right. I am just as Canadian as next counterpart, but because but I don't have straight hair, I don't have blonde hair. I don't look like a European. Does that make me less acceptable in the workplace or less beautiful in the workplace? You know, I mean, my beauty is, you know, your, your beauty is one thing, but, you know, it doesn't make me less intelligent. I am capable of doing the job. You shouldn't be concerned on how, if I want to wear my hair in braids, if I want to wear, a, you know, a wavy crochet, if I want to wear my, wear my hair in a huge afro, which I've done. That's mm -hmm. besides the point. That doesn't that doesn't eliminate or delineate from my intelligence and my work acumen, and even okay. the way I dress. That's well. That's another one. So about I, I I'll let Vivi jump in because I can go on. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. I'll 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 jump in. So yeah, I guess I'm on the opposite end of Kia's hair journey. So I also have very long, thick, curly hair. And because I've had long, thick, curly hair for most of my life, I've kind of gone the other end. And so um, I also color it and do fun things when the mood strikes me because, yeah, that's part of my expression and part of my, um, you know, uh following of fashion a bit, you know, just my self-expression, a way I get my creativity out. I've had, you know, fantasy colors in my hair. Right now it's it's more natural tone. Um, I just got it fallified as my stylist coined the phrase <laughs> a week ago at the salon. So I said we were gonna TM that and use it. So fallified. Um and I do right now wear it for the most part uh flat ironed and you know sometimes curled but for the most part flat ironed because it's just a little bit more manageable for me to wear it that way because it is long and heavy and thick right now it's shoulder length but um yeah just just for my own personal preference it's not that anyone's told me you know you look better with straight hair in fact I have a really good friend who is really strongly encouraging me to wear my curls more often because, you know, she says, you know, you have such gorgeous curls. Uh, you should, you should wear them more often. Like your curl pattern has changed. It's like, you know, it's, it's a great thing. She also rocks a natural. So she's uh, very much endorsing and in favor of, you know, wearing your hair natural, but I like to have the choice and I have worn it like 
in its natural curly state to work a couple of times and nobody's really said anything. And even a couple of weeks ago, um, I was away on vacation with some friends and family. And so I just had it in braids again for the maintenance and just for the ease of care. And uh, I had come back and I hadn't taken the braids out because it was in between coming back from vacation and then going to see the stylist. And I wore it to work um, a couple of days in the office and nobody said anything, which was interesting because I wondered if anybody was going to notice and if anybody was going to comment. So um, it seemed to go unnoticed. But yeah, definitely a conversation regarding appearance and wearing your natural and what people think that means, um, whether you're intending it to mean something political or not, it, it can be interpreted that way. And you know, it, it shouldn't be. The word that comes to mind as you were both talking was was wild because <laughs> I remember growing up hearing, oh, your hair looks wild. Mm. You can't go to work like that. And that's mm. from, you know, my own family but and I, when I look in the mirror I would say what is so wild about my hair because when I hear wild I hear it I think it's untamable. it's maybe mm -hmm. one side is longer than the other <laughs> or mm -hmm. you know I didn't comb it probably but it looks good to me it's a nice neat fro when I've worn it in a fro or mm. when I've had like curly crochet it's a bit thicker and voluptuous and I'm like mm -hmm. this looks good where is the wildness coming from I think it was it was very like confusing to me and and because of that I felt like I had to wear if I were wear a straight wig or mm. I would do like uh if I did my hair in braids it would be like the really straight braids um mm -hmm. something that didn't really have any personality for me and it was always jet black I would never put any color because I was always fearful of putting color in my in my hair because of what people uh you know would think or would say in in, in the workplace I've, I've never had anyone uh well lately outright say anything because I feel like the times are kind of changing we're sort of you know as we've seen the emergence of diversity and inclusion you know there's more acceptance of the way we wear our hair where we wear our clothes uh how we present ourselves on the on the outside but um it doesn't seem like things like our our tone and how we communicate with staff and, and colleagues from my experiences in the past. I don't really think that's being um, addressed yet or, or looked at yet. But that is something that we're going to get into a little bit <laughs> later on in this conversation. I could feel Kia stirring. <laughs> I want to know if you all ever have the experience of someone coming up to you and going oh I love your hair can I touch it oh of yes of course of course and oh, they don't even ask if they could touch it they <laughs> yeah, that's true. sometimes, it. It's, sometimes <laughs> it's an assault yeah yes <laughs> it's all of a sudden it's too late the hands are in there and yeah you know, sometimes I make a joke I'm like you know you're lucky I have a lot of hair I could have a weapon in there <laughs> mm-hmm I could, but I, I, alas, I do not. But yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up, Phoebe, because that has happened to me in the workplace. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, even um, strangers. It's happened to me where someone oh, yeah, strangers. feels, yeah. 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 you know, oh, take liberties. And I'm like, last time I checked, this is attached to a human being. 
you're invading my space, you must ask. Just like yes. how, I mean, I love texture and hair and it doesn't yeah. matter who it is, I'll, but I'll ask like, oh, no, I love your hair. Can I, especially with sight loss? Yes. Um, I'll ask, you know, may I touch your hair? I think your hair is really nice. Can I feel the texture? If it's, but they say no. Yeah. Nope. I totally understand because that's your, your, your person. Yeah. It's your personal space. Yeah. And if someone asks me in the workplace, because I mean, that's another layer. I, mean, I know we're getting, we're getting a little bit away from the toxic femininity, but if someone asks me um, if they can touch my hair and usually it's, it's usually a female. Yes. Um, yes. No, I, I don't have a problem. Especially if you have sight loss, not a problem. It's, right. That's the, I, the, yeah. I'm thinking more sighted people wanting. And also I don't oh, know yes. that this is such a prevalent thing in the non-racialized female culture. Like I don't recall many, you know, no white friends that I know or white people I know having that experience. So yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. When it comes to the other aspects of of yourself in terms of appearance, like the clothes you wear, wearing heels or not wearing heels, whether to use your cane in the workplace or or not, you know, um, do you ever feel like could that that could be a hindrance on how far you you get, uh, whether you are put up or recommended for a promotion or a new position or opportunities? Do you ever wonder how your appearance is coming across to management and to other staff and if, if that is you know stopping you in any way oh definitely i'm i'm aware of my appearance i love fashion and expressing mm -hmm. myself that way so i mean in a way it's a way for me to play um you know but i always want to be mindful of being professional in my attire at the office and uh, looking, you know, looking polished and composed and, and poised. So yeah, I'm, I'm mindful of, of my appearance, uh, just because like, that was always important to me, even when I had sight. So it's, it's not something that went away after sight loss. I just, um, you know, I, I want to be putting the best possible presentation of myself forward. But I don't think it holds me back in any way because it's something that I, I enjoy and I like, and, um, you know, gives me pleasure to, to, uh, you know, feel that I look, uh, you know, good and polished and um, presentable to the world. That's, that's part of my identity, my personality. So, I mean, I don't see it as a burden. So then I, I don't see it as a, as a means of holding me back professionally. I once had, um, this was like years ago, I think when I was just coming out of college and getting into my first professional uh, position, I once had a colleague say to me, um, there was another person I was working with and, and she had been maybe an administrative person, assistant, and then she got a job as a, a career counselor and a female co-worker said to me do you see how her wardrobe has changed from when she was an admit person to a counselor and like you should consider that as well she said to me you should look yeah. into maybe changing your style and your wardrobe and I was like what does I said what do you mean by that she goes mm -hmm. well she's dressing more professional and I was like I don't see it <laughs> and this is what I had more vision I'm like I don't I don't get what you mean I, I and I said well, what 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 should I change about myself 
Mm. And she said, well, maybe you should wear more dress pants and heels and, and uh, mm. long sleeve, you know, shirts, uh, like blouses or dress shirts. And I thought to myself, I said, is that what I need to do in order to get a new job or get a promotion is to, to change who I am? I thought I looked pretty good. You know, I, I was comfortable in my clothing. I, I thought I was very professional, but according to this person, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I didn't, uh, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. Uh, I, I know she wasn't trying to be judgmental, but I, I did not really appreciate um, where she's coming from because who's to say I could afford those uh-huh. clothing? Um, who's to say that that made me feel comfortable or that was like it was conducive to to my body type? Uh-huh. Uh, so I felt like all of that needs to be taken into consideration. And why should the clothes I wear uh, dictate the position? that I, I didn't even want I didn't even want the position so you know yeah or just your sense of personal style and many organizations ours included and Kia you could probably speak to this uh, more yes. like we have uh suggested or prescribed dress code so there are you know things that are acceptable and unacceptable for us to be wearing in the workplace so mm-hmm. And I think too, and Nisha, I'm like totally, and Vivi, I'm same school of thought. Like, because I come from a fashion background, uh-huh. I love the the empowerment and the expression and the beauty of changing your look, being a chameleon of sorts. That uh-huh. that brings me joy. And Nisha, where someone, what they were, what they were conveying is judgment because those are their projections on what they deem is professional. What is really professional? I mean, with the industry, since we're, we're in the nonprofit sector, there's a lot, I think there's a lot of leeway when it comes to how you look or how you can dress. If we were in mm-hmm. a corporate setting, I can see where it's still not right, but I can understand, if, let's say the person was conveying, okay, if you want to move up, this is the corporate cultures, it, there's a bit more restrictions. Um, that being said, they shouldn't tell you how to dress no matter what. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, even, I mean, same with me. I, I will come to work wearing because people, you know, a lot of people know that I love my, I love, I can wear sneakers. I will wear my Jordans to work depending on what it is. But because now, I mean, I, I am in a different position now. So I will still wear my Jordans, but depending on the event. I want to convey, and this is my personal, you know, it's my personal style. I will put on heels. I will put on this. I will suit up. I will look (laughs) the part. I will suit up, but that's how my, my pride and how, in my appearance, no one's going to tell me or dictate because you're at this level, you must wear this because I don't, you know, I don't think we should conform to someone else's norms or their uh, their preferences you know it's you know you can't you shouldn't be dictating how a woman should look or what is what is professional for a woman mm-hmm. you can wear flats with jeans a blazer a beautiful statement necklace and you're professional you're as you say you, you wear your hair how you wear your hair you're you're you're, you're professional you, you you step forth with confidence you have your personal style and you go forth in the world. Well, that's your armor. 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on you for that a bit, Kia, because um okay. like props to you for wearing your Jordans to work. I would never wear my my sneaks to work because I don't wear my sneakers out of the house anyway. <laughs> okay. Like they are for exercise. So like again, like to your point, <laughs> right? That's that's you. This is me. Like I I just feel like sneakers are for bopping around the neighborhood and like when I'm when I'm doing my exercise, but just because I don't usually wear them in everyday life. Right. But you do. So that's, right. that's, it, that's, that's our own individual. Oh, our, I, I our totally own individual, get that. Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Our style, style and, personality. And, and preference is the word I'm looking for, mm-hmm. but also like, you know, I, I don't know about you, Nisha, but like, you know, in, in my home office, like we received memos, like, please, if you have an outward facing meeting, don't wear a hoodie. So, you know, there are some expectations about our attire. Um, Agreed. I mean, but that's where you have to be able to use discretion. Like they're yeah. not going to, you know, okay. When I I mentioned my Jordans, um, when mm-hmm. I was, pro- well, I mean, I was in programming, it was, I programmed with youth. So it was my way of, you know, I'm bringing in that self-expression because I'm with young people. Um, I'm not going to wear to them relating to them, but I'm also, it's an opportunity for, yes, I can relate, be youthful. Uh, but again, if I'm at a community function, I'm not, you know, it's, it's all your discretion. You have to know what's appropriate from when it's not, but having someone tell you in the workplace, especially as you're, you know, there are workplace norms, there's dress codes, there's specific dress codes, or there's things we have to follow. So we look. We're representing the organization. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you, you comply with that, but still bring in your personal self. If someone's dictating, you must do, you know, you must look like so-and-so. You know, you have to emulate this person's style. That's what I have a problem with. I agree. And I think you just nailed it like right on the head. There is a distinction between what is expected in the workplace as a whole because we represent the organization and someone telling you that in order to be thought of in a specific role you must conform to this style or adopt this type of apparel so yeah i i think you you nuanced that really well quick game quick game i said I love games. <laughs> <laughs> we are in an in-person face-to-face meeting. I'm going to name two items and tell me if you would wear them to the meeting or not. Wait, <laughs> uh, so is this in-person, not virtual? So we're in seeing person. From, from head to toe. Okay. Head to toe. Exactly. Okay. All right. First off, a head wrap. Yes, I've done it. No, anything I said would to not. you? Oh, okay. Kyo, how, how uh, was anything said to you or? They dare not. They wouldn't dare say anything <laughs> to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let me give you the context because I did do it. It was for, and everything I'm using discretion because if I were, and it, this hurts me because I understand we're still in a Eurocentric society. So I can push the envelope only so far. If I were in a corporate setting, I wouldn't do it. 
mm-hmm. banking. Mm-hmm. It's not right. I, I'm still working through those 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 barriers in my mind. But it, I mean, because nonprofit, there's a, again, there's more leeway. There's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the, the the dress culture. You can you can do these things. And I wore mm-hmm. a head wrap. But the thing is, I I I wear my head wrap. I tied it. You know, well, I'm not the best at tying it, but you know, the tie where you have it bumped in the front, and I coordinated to an outfit. So I styled it up so. I looked professional or whatever quote unquote professional is. You know, I looked presentable, color coordinated. I dressed the part. I dressed how I, I love to dress. So mm-hmm. I wore it. And actually there were compliments. They're like, they're like, oh wow, your head wrap. I'm like, but this is what, especially coming from a different culture, just like someone, I know it's different from wearing a head wrap, you know, hijab is different and you're wearing mm-hmm. a head wrap because you're a Sikh. But, you know, if you're from the African culture, wearing a head wrap is part of your your wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm taking that from even from the Caribbean cult, you know, Western Caribbean culture from Trinidadians. I've seen beautiful head wraps. You wear with a crisp white shirt. Okay, I'm, I'm styling, you know, mm-hmm. tailored <laughs> pants, you've got your heels. I know I'm styling. I would do this in my head. What I do. Yes. So, yes, I've done it and I will do it again. Okay, and I'm going to respond and say why I wouldn't. Well, first of all, I don't own one. <laughs> so it is not in my repertoire of of clothing. Uh, second, as I said, like I usually wear my hair now, you know, long and straight and flat iron. So I don't know that I could pull one off. And in addition to that, kind of like, you know, Kia's point, it's, it's a something that I have to work through too. Uh, you know, this internalized Eurocentric yes. uh, colonizer, colonized identity, negotiating that because I mean, all of the things when I was in a job search, um, you know, all of the articles I read was, you know, you don't want to stand out. You don't want to wear anything flashy. You want to wear like n- neutral, you know, the black blazer. You want to, <laughs> you know, you want to demonstrate that you would be a good fit for that organization. So all of your clothes are telegraphing things, right? Mm-hmm. So, and to Kia's point, like there's a lot more acceptance and creativity and openness. All of that's more appreciated in the nonprofit sector, but uh, again, depending on what type of job you are going for, right? You, you don't. Yes. You don't know what the perceptions and um, preconceived notions of your interviewer are. So there's all of that to take into consideration too. So just, yeah, everything I've read is, you know, in in preparation for job interviews and how to dress for success and all of that. Like no patterns, no busy, no statement pieces. Just very, right. very. Um, sedate, I think is the word. Very neutral, nothing mm-hmm. to detract from yourself and yes. what you're, what you're yeah. trying to do. What you're to there to do, which is sell the product, which is product, you. So, right. so yeah. So, then so I'm going to go turn it back to you, Nisha. Mm. Would you wear a head wrap to work? Oh, hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Do I, have I ever worn one? No. But uh, I, Lately, I've been getting really into prints, especially like African-inspired uh, prints. And I just love the headscarf. So yeah, if I knew how to tie one properly, I would definitely wear one. To I'm, right now, I'm right now dancing right now. 
And now I feel left out because I don't have one. Oh, no, no. I don't have one. I just called. Yeah. We are going to mail you one. I, 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 yeah. We're going to get send you one and uh, you're going to wear it. I would. I would. I know you would. Now, oh, Nisha, in this game, are we in an interview or are we already hired at a meeting? We are already I think that's hired. Oh. We're already hired. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, you bring up a good point, but we're already hired. So yes. next up, you mentioned Vivi flashiness. Mm-hmm. So what if you are wearing a bright colored suit? Maybe it's like a pink blazer or, you know, a lilac blazer and top, comp- sorry, uh, pants and blazer mm-hmm. combination or if it's like an african inspired print dress or jumpsuit would you wear that something like oh yeah that to oh yeah those yeah. Though, i love bright happy colors they make awesome. me happy pink and purple are my favorite colors i do wear a lot of pink oh. and purple in the <laughs> office already so yeah i'm down with that even to a corporate meeting yeah i want to be noticed awesome kia oh that you're asking answers yes <laughs> <laughs> you were asking answers. Yes, I would. Um, I actually, I wish I had a bright colored suit because I've always wanted to do that look. Haven't found one mm-hmm. yet, but I've worn, I've, I've colored, I've, I've worn color blocking where I've worn fuchsia and red together, going to work, mm. yellow and red together, go to work, green and purple, go to work, patterns, I'm going to work. That's and right. I, I do have a pink blazer. <sighs> I, I do own one. Same here. And I did wear one to an interview once years ago and, and I got the job. I wore a bright pink blazer with a statement necklace and I got the job because I wanted to stand out. I wanted my personality to show and mm-hmm. I don't really like mm-hmm. too much of those neutral colors. So No, I don't either. I, I, I don't either. Like they are for, you know, the colors of the rainbow are for everybody. I just gravitate towards certain ones. Good. Yeah, that's wonderful. So that game is now over. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both for playing the game. That was fun. And, and You're you welcome. Got, and those who are listening at home, you know, play along as well. Let us know in the in the uh, show notes, or you'll find the and just some questions. Address. What would you Send wear to work? Questions. Exactly. <laughs> what would you wear? What are your thoughts on what we're talking about so far? So please share your thoughts. But I want to move on to something that might um might be a little bit controversial so i want to talk about what we say how especially we're all here black women racialized women sometimes we could say the same thing as someone who was not racialized and come across in two totally different ways you know there some people are seen as sticking up for themselves sticking up for their rights but we are seen as being aggressive and confrontational and 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 dramatic and wanting to stir things up unfortunately so can you talk about a time where you had to be conscious of what you say your tone uh your productivity in the workplace because of your race and or your sight loss like all the time I'm aware I'm hyper aware I'm hyper conscious yeah no I am I like yeah yeah I mean we're laughing but I am hyper aware just with my the same as with my dress and my appearance I am hyper conscious of how I am being um you know received in the workplace I always want to be pleasant I always want to be positive I always want to be as kind as possible like I am very very aware of how I am being engaged with in the workplace Mm. 
did that come with time or did you always know that from the time you started off your career whether it be in school or work um, yeah it started off in school because as a person with you know at the time of my education you know moving from uh partial sight to sight loss I became aware that I was being seen now even and heard even when I couldn't see people so I wanted to be mindful of again how I was portraying myself how I was being portrayed how I was being um interpreted for lack of a better phrase and then when moving into uh the path of career just being in an office setting you know you're engaging with other people not everybody thinks the same, not everybody responds the same. I mean, we do workshops about, you know, um, mediation and things like that. And, you know, there's the example, like when you said A, I heard B, did you mean C? So <laughs> I'm just always aware of how I say what I say it, uh, sorry, the manner in which I say it, you know, even drafting an email and things like that. It's just uh, something I am very very aware of sometimes it's anxiety provoking but uh yeah it's 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 something that's present for me and just with you know without getting into too much detail some encounters that I've had um yeah it's it's made me even more conscious of uh how I'm being perceived Kia what about yourself I can totally relate um hyper aware and I think even more so now because I'm in a position of leadership mm-hmm. I am constantly questioning how I sound how I come across how how I'm being perceived constantly it's so sometimes it's, it is exhausting because it's almost a a mind game because yes. I could be yes you know I can be communicating in a way where, okay, I think I've, uh, I'm, I'm sure I sound fine to the other person, but in my, in my mind, oh gosh, maybe I should have said it this way because I'm constantly doubting, okay, maybe I sounded too harsh. Yes, maybe, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, oh, I'm, I'm sound like a dick, I'm, you know, kind of dictatorial or, it, you know, you question, you know, you start questioning yourself on, okay, so am I not being a good communicator or, or, um, Again, am I, should I, I'm not harsh enough or I'm not, hard, you know, or I'm too harsh. You, It's that seesaw all the time of the mental gymnastics of how you need to come across. And it's, um, I, can, I can honestly, it, it is exhausting. Yep. And you know, what's interesting as we're, we're talking is um, if we didn't tell the audience that we are Black women, I don't think people would have thought we were Black women. Because mm-hmm. that's something that that happens a lot when it comes to tone and, and how yes. we are perceived, especially mm-hmm. over the phone. You know, we, we have that too, is like when we're in our professional settings, we are, we kind of are chameleons where we conform to the way people talk and, and, and speak to each other. Like that's all that to say. It's like if people sometimes knew over the phone that they were talking to a black woman Mm -hmm. I think my responses from them would be a lot different Mm, yeah that'd be interesting yeah I like how you mentioned like the kind of code switching we have to do Nisha Mm -hmm. um 
and it's a constant, right? So, yeah. And not that my name gives it away because people sometimes oh, gosh, Indian. No, <laughs> I mean, no, no. I mean, names, but, you know, names are, you know, they're becoming less and less of an identifier in terms of race and ethnicity yeah. these days, mm -hmm. I think. So you, you hear my name, Vivi, like what, what does that mean to you? <laughs> so, um, right. That's true. That is true. But I find that I, I, I'll give a few examples for myself, not going too deep, but I found that I'm doing things in, in previous jobs where I feel like I had to do 10 times more than my other counterparts just to prove that I, I belong sometimes, you know, I find myself in times past, like doing things that I've had other people say, Oh, I just got this person to do, or I just got that person to do. And I'm like, well, I feel like I can't do that. I, I if someone mm -hmm. asks me to do someone's, you know, timesheet, I'm like, okay, I have to do it. I can't say, Oh, I don't know how to, Mm -hmm. can you do it for me I kind of have to figure it out for myself where people in the past have been like oh I just got this person to do it because I I didn't know what to do I know and that person was not a person of color so I I feel like I don't have that opportunity to say I can't I have to figure it out and it's partly because of well it's because of my sight loss and because of I'm a woman of color because I want people to think because I have sight loss that I can't do something. I want people to think that I can do it and I will get it get it done because I do not want to give them a a reason to say she can't do something because she can't see. And it's that overcompensation that we always have to do more. Mm -hmm. You have you know you have to figure it out. You and if you don't know it, you better figure it out. Because, mm -hmm. like, as you said, you know, other counterparts, and it's I've, I've seen happen as well. Oh, yeah, I just got so-and-so doing them, and I just, and they all get it done, you know, especially with being, having sight loss, you know, we it takes us 50 steps where a sighted person takes 10. <laughs> and, yes. uh, and I, I agree with you, Nisha, where, you know, I have, I've had to just, you know, you figure it out because you don't mm -hmm. want them to think you're incompetent or you're, you know, again, with the, uh, the, the microaggressions oh you know because you're black you're you know there's the connotation of you're being lazy or mm -hmm, cutting corners mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. no I'm I'm working as I said before we work three times as hard mm -hmm. to get the tasks done to perform in the in the workforce so we can be take and you want to be taken seriously so you're constantly pushing yourself okay so when we were talking about a time where we had to be conscious of what we say and how we're perceived in the workplace in terms of our tone and, and what we're asking for, I think when I first started off in, in my field after graduating from college, I was very ignorant, I guess, to this. Like I thought that the way other people spoke to managers and to other colleagues when they asked for things outright, I'm like, hey, if they're doing it, I could do it too. I, I'm, well, I guess, I'm not sure if it's a positive or a negative, but I didn't take into consideration my background as being a, a Black woman would um, would not get me what I'm asking for. Um, I guess when you're in school, you're just learning about, you know, the practical and you're not really taught about uh, these uh, microaggressions and, uh, and these um, 
toxic femininity traits that would possibly pop up in the workplace because you are a, a racialized wise woman. So I had to learn the hard way, unfortunately, early on in my career in, in social services. So what are some things we could do to combat, combat toxic femininity in the workplace? I think for me, I, how to identify it and let a person know, let's make them aware of, especially if it's, if it's someone exhibiting the, these, I guess I'll use the microaggression word for now. The microaggressions are exhibiting the, the feminine, the toxic feminine, toxic feminine towards you. Um, make them aware, trying to make them aware of it. And it is that advocacy piece is always, it always is tiring, but advocate, make them aware. It's time to, to address it, but I'll, I'll bring it back to what I said in the beginning, just be as tactful as possible because that also, I think adds to um, your, your, your own professionalism. Cause mm-hmm. it's so easy to, be, be angry or you know, to be frustrated and act out in that way. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I, I, I so relate to what you're saying, Kia. Like it's, if I knew what I know now, like if I knew it back then, I would have done a lot of things differently. Unfortunately, I would have had to do a lot of things differently. I would have known I had to just listen and not say anything and take into consideration my blackness and you know how I am how I am perceived as a black woman before I spoke and having to you know change my wording a little bit even though I'm saying the exact same thing I'm using the exact same tone mm-hmm. I, I still have to take into consideration first that I am a black woman first and and that's unfortunately what you see and then everything I do next will be secondary um, to the to to whatever it is that I, I'm dealing with um, at that time even with a comment about my clothing like how I mentioned earlier the person saying you know you need to change the way you dress for for the position even though I was wearing um, black leggings and a, a nice sweater or something like that I would have known okay this is still professional this is still comfortable this is still me what is it that you're referring to what is it that you're talking about I would know how to address it differently and not try to change the way I am to conform to somebody's ideals about what uh, professionalism is like I should have just stuck to what I knew was true to to me and that I was still presentable because I wasn't wearing hoodies <laughs> to the workplace. <laughs> I wasn't wearing track pants I was looking professional and I should have stuck uh, to my gut. So uh, yeah, Vivi, I'll move on, on to you. What, what are your thoughts on what we could do moving forward to combat toxic femininity in the workplace? To answer your question, I agree with everything you both have said. Um, I would add to that, lead with diplomacy. Don't be afraid to confront the issue or address it with the person whom you are having the issue with or who is having the issue with you if they are you know willing to have that conversation or even with your your supervisor or your manager um because you know I've had some incidents in the workplace where uh things 
things were reported to my supervisor and then brought to my attention. And, uh, you know, I proceeded to correct the perceptions of uh, the information that was received and, you know, just clarify what the situations were in each individual case. And I will say from experience that it is empowering to uh, have the opportunity to, you know, hear something and correct it or clarify or say, you know, no, that's not what happened. This is actually what happened. And maybe if this person had come and addressed me or spoken to me directly, I would have had the opportunity to do so. And, um, you know, maybe in the future, if things like this happen, you could suggest that they come to me before they come to you. So, um, but I do think it is, if at all possible, um, the best way to proceed to, to speak directly and as Key is saying, confront with tact and diplomacy, because yes, we are being perceived by our appearance, um, at times by our race, and it's it's just something that we need to be conscious of in every interaction that's uh, professional. Very well said. The world is changing. The workplace is changing. It's time that we've always been here. We. Black women, racialized women. Uh, we've always been here with our bright colored clothing, head wraps, natural, beautiful, curly hair. It's just uh, time that people accept it, you know, and get used to it because we ain't going nowhere. It's going to be, it's gonna be here and it's just going to get more beautiful and just, you know, better with, with time. So well said. So with that said, I want to say thank you, Vivi, and thank you, Kia, once again for joining me on another episode of The Lens Living Diverse. Your opinions, your insight, your vulnerability was very much appreciated. This was a wonderful conversation. Uh, and to listeners out there, thank you so much for joining us on another episode. If you like what you heard today, please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Lens Living Diverse. You can find us on all streaming platforms. And if you wish to leave us a comment or you have a, um, a topic suggestion or you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please feel free to email us at advocacy at cnib.ca. Thank you so much for being here. Look forward to having you all listen to our future episodes. Until next time, bye everyone. <laughs>